Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can put our hope in you and you are unchangeable. You are unshakable. And in a world that seems to change by the minute and it seems to be out of control at times, that you are there and you are unchanging and you are our hope and you are our anchor and we are safe in you. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to church this morning, everybody. Great to see you here. Great if you're back off holidays, getting ready for another school term. Uh, have a quick look around and say good day to somebody. Make them feel welcome, whether you're here for the first time or not. If you are online this morning, a big welcome to you. It's great to see you. Uh, now might be a great time to use your church centre app to check in that you're here online or put a bit of a comment in the comment section just to let us know that you're here. That'd be great whether you're sitting watching your kids playing footy or whether you're in your lounge room. It's really good to have you here this morning. Okay. Oh, you get... Everyone's settling down really nicely. You're very good. You're obviously getting ready for school term again, you know. The teacher sort of clears their throat and everyone goes, oh, it's okay, be quiet again. Um, Connect cards and Next Step cards are available on our Church Centre app or on the uh, online platform. So make sure you fill them in. I was talking to Pastor Jackie this week and she said that when we had the blue cards that we used to fill in, she used to get a stack about this thick every Monday morning to go through. Uh, and now we hardly get any sort of Connect cards. And if you're like me, I often sit there and think, oh, you know, love listening to Neil singing this morning. You know, I, I should tell him he did a good job. But then after the service, I don't get the chance and I kind of forget. If you have things like that you want to encourage somebody about or if you have a prayer request, then using the Connect cards is a really helpful way to do that. So do use them. They're, they're really, really helpful. Um, and we can just pass that information on to people. Now, a particular welcome to someone who I know is here for the first time this morning. A big but very quiet and sensitive welcome, because he has very new little ears, to Samson Ferguson. So, Ash and Russ's new baby is here for the first time. Good on you guys, because you're keeping me in a job. Well done. Now, I know... I know all of you will have checked in with the Church Centre app to say that you're here in person or online, if you are online. The other thing we need to do at church now, which is a government requirement, is to check in with the QR code. So that's two check-ins. Check in with the Church Centre app lets us know that you're here. And that just helps us because if you're not here, we can follow up and make sure you're okay and things like that. So it's very important to us that you check in with the Church Centre app. The government wants you to check in with the QR code, which is the funny black box with little blotches on it if you're an old person like me. Um, they're very easy to check in with and, you know, we should do what the government requires us to do. So, two check-ins each time you come to church. Uh, SBC Kids will be back next week, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, there's activity sheets for kids up the back. If they get a little bit bored this morning, they can fill those in. Crash is still on this morning. If you are kinder or lower, then kids are quite welcome to um, pop out to Crash and have a bit of fun out there. Uh, 
if you are thinking about child or baby dedications, um, have a talk to Pastor Brad or let us know just on the online, just give us a message. Um, pardon? Nah, yeah, it is a, it is a prerequisite. Yeah. You, can, you can have a slightly used one. So they don't... When we think of baby dedications, often we think of, you know, one that's three months old or six months old and it's all very cute. But, you know, we can dedicate children as well, that sort of thing. And it's just that, that sign as parents that we're going to do our best to bring our kids up in, in the ways of faith. And it's a chance for us as a congregation to say, yes, we're going to support you in, in bringing up your children as well. So, any um, questions about child, baby or child dedications, see Pastor Brad. Uh, there's a church bike ride on this Saturday, 9am, it's from Stratford to Mafra and back, I presume. Um, you can sign up on the Church Centre app or you can talk to Tim Van Emmerich afterwards. Uh, do register if you're coming along so we, we know that when everyone's there we can start. Um, and it's a lot of fun, it's a good social time and there's always good coffee and morning tea involved as well. Cool, any other um, notices, and there usually is plenty of notices, have a look at your um, church newsletter. If you're not getting that in your emails, it's because we haven't got your email, so drop us a line and let us know and you'll get a newsletter each week. Uh, now we come to our time of offering. And you'll see our offering boxes now attached to the back wall, which is really good in these COVID times. Um, so you can put any offerings in there at any, any stage. Or you can do it online, which is what a lot of people do. And I was thinking about this today with COVID. It, it's really strange. I actually paid for a coffee with cash. And I sort of thought, oh, this is really weird because now I've got to take change. And I don't know who touched it. And it was strange because I got used to using my card. And I was thinking this morning... With my offering, I do my offering online. Uh, and so much now, you know, if I get paid, I don't see my pay. It just goes automatically to my bank. Um, and when I use my pay, I just use a card. So I don't actually see the money come in and I don't actually see the money go out. And I thought, that can affect the way I think about my offering as well. It can be just a thing that I've set and I just forget about it. And I thought, how little honour I do to God when I do that. Um, because an offering, my offering is something that I give back to God in gratitude for what he's given me. And I thought, how poor that is of me to, to just say, oh, well, here you go, God, I've set it up and it'll just do its thing. Um, so, if you're like me, if you do an online sort of cashless offering, take this time to have a bit of a reflect about what your offering is and what it means and the spirit in which you're giving it to God um, because he basically wants your heart he doesn't want your money so just as I pray take that time to just reflect on your giving to God this morning um, let's just stand while I pray Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you give us. Thank you that you are that unshakable hope in our life. Thank you that you're there through the good times and the bad times. Thank you that you provide what we need, um, whether it is money or whether it is friendship. Lord, 
we just want to give a little back to you today. And whether that's giving of our finances or giving of our time or giving of our skills or service, Lord, we offer that back to you in gratitude for what you've done for us. And Lord, along with that thanks and that gratitude for what you've done, we have things on our heart that you know about as well. Lord, we have people on our heart that you know about as well, people who need healing, people who don't know you, who need that unshakable anchor as something to save them in this life. Lord, we bring them before you as well. And Lord, like the loving Father you are, we thank you that you always have time for us to come to you. You always listen when we pray. You always answer us when we pray. So Lord, we just say thank you this morning and we offer all these prayers in Jesus' name. God, we lift up our voice, our hands, our hearts to you this morning. God, we thank you that you are good, that we can worship you, that we can trust you with our life. We can follow you wherever you lead. And God, this morning we pray and we choose to do that. We choose to surrender our hearts again to your will, to your ways. God, we choose again to fix our attention on Jesus, the finished work of the cross, where we find our hope, we find our joy where we find everything that we need. And God, this morning I pray for those that um, especially need to hear your voice and know your touch. God, that they might experience you this morning in a real tangible way. You might speak to their hearts and encourage them where they are. God, we lean into your voice. We lean into your Holy Spirit this morning. We ask that you would have your way. We don't want to hear just another message. We don't want to just have another church service. God, we want to experience you. We want to be in communion with you, in relationship with you. And so, God, we pray that you would meet us where we are this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Please grab a seat. Good morning to those online. It's great to have you with us this morning. Great to be here with you. Great to be back at school tomorrow for the kids. Yay? No? Very good, very good. Hey, this morning, um, before we get into God's Word, I just want to take a moment to, um, to pray for Lauren and Ben. For those of you who don't know, Pastor Lauren is going on leave from tomorrow, maternity leave that is, um, because she's having a baby, and so is Ben, um, as a team, as a unit. Uh, and so, I want to invite you guys up, Ben, you two, up on the stage. I know you're behind the camera telling them what camera angles to get, and you might have just said to them, just don't get me in the shot. <laughs> but don't listen to a word he says. Jack, wherever you like. We've got some flowers for you guys to pray and to, to encourage you with. So Lauren is going on maternity leave. Lauren looks after our youth and young adults here on staff. Uh, and so she will be back. Uh, on staff, and so youth is still going to go ahead, young adults are still going to go ahead. If you have any questions or needs during that time, please come and speak to myself, speak to one of the other pastors. Uh, the youth team is well equipped, and they've got a great team of volunteers, and they will keep um, going along. The young adults will keep going along as well. Um, but we're excited for this this new season that um, Lauren and Ben are about to embark on, um, and they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Um, 
and so they're going to need all the help that God can give them and that we can give them. And so I just want to invite you just to, just to pray with me uh, and just to believe God's best for, for them and for this new baby that's um, coming in a few weeks' time. Exciting time. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for Lauren and for Ben, for their ministry here at this church and in your kingdom, in your family. And God, we especially pray for this new baby that uh, you know so well, that you have plans for, that you have purpose for, that you love more than even Lauren and Ben will ever love. And God, we just pray for this next season they're about to enter into as they take some time, um, some time out, some time on leave, God, that you would um, bless them in this season that you would cause them to, to fall more in love with you, in, in love with each other, and, and grow strong as a family. God, we thank you for the plans and the purposes you have for them as a family, and we just pray that your hand would be upon them uh, in this next season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll give them a hand. They're still going to be around. They're not going anywhere. They're still going to be, you'll still see them at church and, and around, so, um, but yeah, they're going to be a little bit less involved in, in ministry for a, for a little bit until, well, who knows? Until, just until, just until. Uh, very good, very good. Um, something else that's also exciting that's happening this week, I don't think Steve mentioned, is that Alpha is starting in Locksport. Is that right? This week. Yes. Kevin and Rhonda, excited. They got, a, they got some people signed up. And how cool it is that um, the, the work that God is doing in Locksport I've spoken to, to Kevin and Rhonda a, a number of times of the, the people that are moving to Locksport um, that have uh, had a faith background before or maybe have, have none uh, and to have a, a community that are, that are meeting, that are, that are growing in their faith and uh, for the ministry and the work that God is doing in that town. It's um, something for you to continue to pray for and to be encouraged by. And if you haven't met Kevin and Rhonda, they're here this morning. Sometimes they tune in online with a group down in Locksport. Give us a wave, Kevin and Rhonda. Um, go, and, go and introduce yourself to them and, and say g'day, find out what's happening down that way. Um, it's really exciting. And then the one in sale, Alpha is starting in, I think, about two weeks' time. Um, and so there's still time if you're signing up or got someone to invite, you've still got two more weeks to get that happening. But Alpha in Locksport is beginning on Wednesday, I think, Wednesday afternoon. So make sure you are praying for that. We are in uh, week two of a three-week series called Works... Well, <laughs> No, it's not called that. It's called Words, Works, and Ways. Words, Works, and Ways. Uh, and we're looking at the life of Jesus. And we're discovering this big idea that we discover who we are when we discover who he is. We discover who we are when we discover who he is. Our identity is found in Jesus. And so when we want to discover who we are, we are to look at the one that we find our identity in. Uh, some of us try to find our identity in uh, what we do, where we come from, maybe our family, maybe our job, maybe our kids, but as believers, as followers of Jesus, our identity is found in Christ. And so we find who we are when we discover who He is. Uh, we discover how and what He speaks, and we discover how and what we should speak. We looked at that last week. And this morning we're looking at how and what He does, and next week we'll look at how and what He lives. We discover who we are when we discover who he is. Let me read a, a scripture from Matthew chapter 20. When we talk about the works of Jesus, I mean, there's, there's too many to read in one sermon. Um, could have had a go, but it would have taken too long. And you'd be glad I didn't. But Matthew 20, let's read one, and then we'll talk about some of the, the themes of, of the, the works of Jesus. 
Matthew 20, verses 29 to 33. It says, As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, him being Jesus, and there were two blind men sitting on the road, or by the road, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the crowds demanded that they keep quiet. But they cried out all the more. Sort of like when you say to your child, shh, 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 and they just get louder. That's what I imagine is happening here. Lord, have mercy. That's not in the text, by the way. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Verse 32, Jesus stopped, called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said to him, open our eyes. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they could see and they followed him. Lord God, we pray that as we come around your word this morning, as we come around the works of Jesus, God, that we might be impacted them, impacted by them in our own walk uh, and we might reflect them to the world and the people around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to imagine for a minute that you go to a, a doctor, maybe you've got a sore foot or something more serious, uh, and you go to the doctor and you go and you sit down in the room with him and they just, the doctor just starts talking, just starts um, saying, well, what you need to do is you need to take these tablets, I'm going to put a bandage around your head um, and I need you to lie in bed for six weeks, off you go. And they didn't let you say a word. Would you go back to that doctor again? I imagine maybe you'd be like, oh, six weeks in bed. <laughs> I'll come every six weeks, doc. <laughs> but for most of us, we might think, well, that's not, a, that's not a great way to live. Or you go, that's not a great way to, to be a doctor. I don't know where you figured out what to do. Or maybe you go into a, um, a clothing store. And, and maybe this happens and the, the person, the salesperson just says to you, oh, this would look great on you. This would look great. And she's like, I wasn't looking for a top. I was looking for shoes, but thank you for your help. Um, have a nice day, I'll see you in six weeks when I get out of bed. And, you know, you, you talk to people, and, and maybe you have people in this life, and they, uh, in life, and they just assume they know uh, what you need, or what you want. And they never ask the question, they just say, this, is, this will be good for you, this will be good for you, or you should do this, you should try this. And they're always barking advice, giving you directions, telling you what to do, given things to you that you don't want or need? Have you got anyone in your life like that and they're always just buying you things and you're like, I've got to use this giant thing that I can't hide that I've just thrown in the bin? Like, um, I mean, bless those people that just like to give things, but sometimes it's not needed. These approaches um, don't instill a lot of confidence. Um, and in fact, they do the opposite. They cause you to sort of not trust the person if they begin to give you advice like well you don't know me you never take the time to listen to what I've got to say you just give me advice and when someone takes the time to really listen and to really understand you're more likely to trust them you're more likely to listen to them to let them love you to let them give something to you to do something for you to let them lead you and this morning I want to look at this idea that Jesus was the master listener. When it came to his works, one thing that Jesus did first before he did something for someone is he understood what they wanted. He took the time to listen before he loved. For some of us, we look at the life of Jesus, we um, look at our own life, and we think, just, we've just got to do great things for people. We've just got to love people where they're at. But I want to say, 
the most powerful expression of love is when we first understand what that person actually needs, not just assume. We know because we can see. Jesus could have very well walked along that road, seen, seen two blind men and thought, I know exactly what they need. And he may well have been right. They need to see. But instead, he took the time to listen, to understand. And so I want to look at this little pattern that Jesus sets up for us in his works, is that he first listens, he then loves, and then he leads. He listens, he loves, and he leads. We discover who we are when we discover who he is. So we need to learn to listen like Jesus did. For a lot of us, when we think about this idea of learning how to listen, we think, I'm a good listener. I haven't met any, anyone or many people that have admitted that they're a bad listener. Most people think that they're good listeners. Most people assume that I know how to listen. You're listening right now. Well, you assume you're listening right now. You know, in school, we learn basic types of communication. And we spend a lot of time learning how to read. We spend a lot of time learning how to write. And we spend, spend time learning how to speak. But we don't spend an awful lot of time learning how to listen. It's just an assumed thing that you will pick up. And I want to encourage us again, like we did last week, that just like we think we know how to speak, that we need to take the time to look at how Jesus listened. Jesus is the perfect example of humanity. We're not. And we can learn something from him, his works, the way he listened. His miracles can first came, came firstly from a point of listening or truly understanding. He didn't just waltz into places and poof, 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 miracle, miracle, miracle. He took the time to understand, to communicate, to engage. We need to take the time to learn how to listen well. And Jesus did this by asking a lot of questions. Asking a lot of questions. You know, questions lead to listening. I don't know how good you are at conversations. For some of us, the idea of talking to, to people is, is a bit scary, we're a bit shy especially someone that we don't know, maybe at home, about amongst our, our close circle, we're great at talking. But the most powerful thing we can do when it comes to listening and that we can learn from Jesus is to ask good questions. To ask questions not just that we want to know, that are going to help the person to unpack how they're actually going. A lot of us, when we think about listening and when we are listening to people, and I do the same thing, is that we listen with the intent to respond. As in, I'm talking to you, but when you're talking to me, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. And I want to suggest that maybe a better way to listen is not with the intent to respond, but with the intent to understand. When someone says something to you, instead of thinking, how am I going to answer this? What, what am I going to say back to this person? Rather say, how can I better understand this situation? Jesus always seemed to have the time to engage in the questions. He was never rushed. He never felt he needed just to give answers and tell people what was what. But to engage in the question. Well, this is another analogy for you. To sit on the same side of a table as somebody. Sometimes when we're having a conversation with people, when we're trying to listen, we're sitting on opposite sides of the table and the person is trying to describe an object on the middle of the table and they're saying what they're seeing and, and all we can see is what we see. We can only see their life from our perspective. And so the idea of understanding is to get up 
from around our side of the table, sit on their side and see life from them. doesn't mean we agree with what they see. doesn't mean we agree with everything that they assume is right or true. But first we need to understand. And when people feel like they're understood, then we're able to love them the best way possible. You know, there's a story in Luke 8, I'm not going to read it all, in Luke 8, where Jesus is approached by Jairus and his daughter is sick. And if you've been in church for a while, you may, may know this story. His daughter is about 12 years old, it says. And, he, and his daughter is not just sick, but she's dying. She's on her deathbed. She's literally hours away from, from death. And so Jairus is pretty panicked, and um, as, you, as a father would be, come Jesus, you need to heal my daughter. There's no other way. And so Jesus understanding the situation, loving Jairus and loving his daughter, says, sure, let's go. I'll come and heal your daughter. Let's see what's going on. As he's on the way, crowds are pressing against him. They're not letting him get there fast. And a woman with the issue of bleeding comes up and touches his coat. Now, if it was me, I'd be thinking, uh, and I realized something was going on behind me, I'd be thinking, I'll come back to that because this is an urgent situation. But Jesus took time out from the urgent to take time to understand what had just happened. He turned around and addressed the woman, and addressed the crowd, and sort of took the time to understand what has just happened. What's going on here? And you can imagine Jairus at that time going, Jesus, come on, come on. This is not the time to have conversations, you know. She's not dying. She's better now, actually. Like, come on, let's go. And while that's happening, Jairus' daughter dies and Jesus goes in, heals her, and she lives again. She's not asleep. uh, She's not dead, she's just asleep. Wake up. I'm paraphrasing the story, but if you want to read that, Luke 8, 40 to 56. Jesus takes the time out of an urgent situation to address the woman and what had just happened. And to the people around him, it didn't seem warranted. It didn't seem like that was worth doing. It wasn't worth giving time to. There was something more important to give time to. But Jesus works differently than most. He works differently to you and I. It's important to Jesus that people feel like they are understood, that people feel like they are loved, that they are known, that they just aren't given a a, a miracle. They aren't just done something nice for him and he moves on but he wants to take the time to to listen to know think of the samaritan woman at the well in john 4 jesus takes the time to listen to engage with the woman to understand what's going on to ask the questions you don't truly understand someone until they feel like they're understood even if you do understand them right from the start I'll say that again. You don't truly understand someone until they feel understood, even if you do understand them. Again, going back to the doctor or um, any sort of medical professional, even if the doctor picks up straight away, I know what is going on, this is what you need. There's a a hesitancy, you're hesitant to trust what the doctor says until you feel like they've actually understood you, even if they do understand straight away what's going on. You, You... You are hesitant to trust the doctor because you feel like, I don't feel like you've understood me, even if the doctor's right. And we live in a culture that moves so fast that taking the time to really understand seems wasteful. 
but it's never wasted to make sure someone is listened to, someone is loved, and someone is known. Going back to this passage that we read at the start in Matthew 20, verse 31 and 32, I want to read those two verses again. It says, The crowd demanded that they keep quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus stopped. He called them. What do you want me to do for you? Everyone else wanted Jesus not to listen. It's not worth your time, Jesus. Don't waste his time. Keep going. But he stopped to listen. Jesus was always on his way somewhere, doing something. He had things to do, but he was interruptible and he was able to listen. He was able to listen to the people around him and he was able to listen to the Holy Spirit at work in different situations. And this is a challenge for us. In our business, in our day-to-day life, in our work, in our family, what are people saying with their words and their actions? Are we attentive to the Holy Spirit around us? just written down five things that I think listening takes. Listening takes time, it takes energy, it takes patience, it takes sacrifice, and it takes sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Jesus did this. He took the time. He gave people his energy, his patience, his sacrifice, and he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It was when Jesus listened that he was able to then love people by serving them, by doing the works Jesus listened so that he could help, so that he could love through his actions. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, which we know so well, if I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It's important that we learn the words of Jesus, that we reflect the words, but we can't just be talking the talk. We need to walk the walk as well. We need to walk the talk. Once Jesus understood someone and what they wanted, he was able to love them by helping them, by healing them, giving them freedom, forgiveness, whatever it was that they needed. Love comes as a byproduct of understanding. When you truly understand someone, when you can truly see life from the way they see life, then you can be moved with compassion that Jesus was. Jesus was moved with compassion because he truly understood. When we understand and really see life from others' point of view, we can feel the compassion and be moved to action. Until then, we can easily dismiss or belittle someone else's experience. We can say, well, I see life differently and that's not a big deal. This is a big deal. You know, you think you've got it bad. Look at my life. You know, we can have that sort of mentality of, that's not, that's not hard. This is hard. You don't need help. I need help. Or this person needs help. Jesus never did that. Jesus never belittled someone, but instead he understood them and he loved them, regardless of how big or small their situation was. When we listen, we can understand and then we can love. We can do the work, we can serve. And we can love by doing for, we can love by spending time, we can love by praying with, and we can love by giving to amongst a whole lot of other things I'm sure you can think of, but Jesus did these things. Doing for, spending time, praying with, giving to. Love, listen with the intent to love and love by doing these sorts of things. And then you might think, well, that's what Christians are called to do. We're called to love people. We're called to help people. Maybe people are 
are broken and hurting and we've got to do something for them or pray with them or give something to them and then our job is done. But Jesus took another step in that he led, he led people after he loved them. He didn't always lead everybody, but he would often, it would often be uh, followed by this phrase, which this story is in the last verse of Matthew 20, verse 34, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, they were healed, he did the work, he loved them. And then what's it say? And they followed him. He loved them and then he led them. Jesus begins with listening. He understands the need. Even though it was probably obvious to him and the people around him, he took the time. And if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us that Jesus did this, that these men were listened to and understood. And after listening, he loves them. He helps them see. He does the miracle, the work. And then he leads them somewhere. We don't know how this part happens. It doesn't say. It doesn't say if Jesus said to them, well, come and follow me now. You should, you should follow me. You should be my disciple. We don't know if he invited them to follow him or if they just got up and followed him. We don't know. But somehow they felt welcomed enough to follow Jesus towards a better future. And I think this is the challenge for you and I, is that we can do the first two things relatively easy. We can listen to people and we can love people. We can help people where they're, where they're at. But Jesus encourages us to lead people as well, to lead people to a better future. To don't just help and leave, but to help and lead. Lead by going somewhere. Jesus was always going somewhere. You can't lead someone if you're not going somewhere. Lead by inviting people on a journey. And lead by continuing to listen and love along the way. Jesus embodied this lifestyle, this way of working in people's life perfectly. And for us, for those of us who find our identity in Jesus, I think we're encouraged and challenged to live the same sort of way, to follow the pattern, to follow the work that Jesus did, that Jesus listens, loves, and leads, that he understands our humanity. He came to earth as one of us. He understands our temptation, our pain, our weariness. He became like us to show that he knows us. Jesus could have very well sat in heaven and go, I know you. He's God. He knows everything. But instead, it was, it was important to him to come to earth amongst other reasons, to show that he can actually relate to us, that he can actually understand us, our humanity, what it is that we feel, what it is that we're tempted with. He can truly say, I can relate. You know, you've met these people before and they can say, I can relate. And you're like, no, you can't. <laughs> you haven't had the same experience to me. But Jesus can relate. Jesus can relate. He understands our humanity. He loves us. He gives us freedom. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us healing. And he leads us to a better future, to a life of abundance. Whatever we need, he listens to us. He loves us and he leads us. And maybe this morning you need him to, to do that for you. You need him to understand, to listen to you, to your need, to love on you 
and to lead you to a better future. I want to pray for you as the band comes and we, we finish our time this morning. Maybe you're like the, the two blind men, maybe you're like Jairus, maybe you're like the woman with the issue of bleeding or Samaritan woman or anyone else in Scripture that Jesus took the time to, to stop, to listen to, to love and to lead. You've got pain, you've got forgiveness that you need, freedom from something that you require. I want to encourage you to come to Jesus because He wants to listen to you. He wants you to pour your heart, your pain, whatever it is that you need onto Him. He wants to love you and He wants to lead you to a better future. I want to invite you to stand. And maybe if that's you this morning, just as we're standing, maybe you can just hold your hands out in a, in a form of surrender, just offering your needs to Jesus, whatever they are, big or small, Jesus wants to listen. Lord Jesus, we come to you because we know that you are the master listener. You love us more than we can love ourselves and you lead us to a better future. And God, there are so many here this morning in the building and online that are offering their needs to you. And God, we thank you that when we pray, you listen, you hear us and you move to action. And so God, we offer our needs to you and we know that you hear us. And God, we ask that you would do a miracle in our life. That you would give us freedom, forgiveness, healing, whatever it is that you promise. And God, that you would continue to lead us to a better future. God, that you would give us the strength, the boldness, the courage to follow you along the road to a better future. And God, I pray that we might be people that live like this. We might be people that really take the time to listen, really take the time to love and take the time to lead people. Help us to live like Jesus. Help us to speak like him, to act like him, to live like him. Help us to reflect Jesus in everything we do, everything we say. We pray this in Jesus' name.